This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Oh, hello, chickens. Uh, welcome to another bunch of theories about a show that is now finished. Um, <laughs> but there's still more to come. We know there is. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, your guest appearance by Rove in the last episode. Um, if you're not subscribed to Patreon, I can tell you that uh, that was half the length of the episode we did. Um, it was massive. It went for nearly 20 minutes. Uh, and... <laughs> There was a whole bonus, uh, a bonus unboxing scene at the end. So um, if you want to join Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Adam Richard uh, to hear all the full length chats with all my guests for this series of Doctor Who Flux. Um, and in the coming weeks and months, uh, you'll be able to binge episodes again on a Saturday. Uh, I put up the entire week's episodes on a Saturday for Patreon subscribers and they come out every day for uh, everyone else. Um, so that's all there. And, you know, there's big Finnish episodes. There are, um, I've been watching Resident Alien. There's a whole bunch of stuff on Patreon if you want to join the fun. Um, I think it's $3 and $6. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rather silly. Uh, so, yes, you can be a theorist or a theoretician. Um, let's get on with your thoughts and theories, uh, the wider theoreticians out there. Um, Movie Moose has sent me a message in the DMs uh, and says, Hey, Adam, I have a question for discussion on the podcast. If you're interested. I'm always interested. What do you mean if? Um why make Belle pregnant if it doesn't lead anywhere? As someone who's done some screenwriting, I was taught not to add elements like this unless they lead somewhere. 
Is Chibnall messing with fans to get people like us crazy with theories? Or is a big reveal coming in later episodes? Mm, that's an interesting thing. Um, Look, I know Candle uh, had said it's just that, you know, they're, they're having a baby. It's no one important and it's just a baby. And I am kind of leaning towards it's just like... It isn't for nothing. Like, it is kind of there to go, well, this is why they desperately want to get back together because they're they're about to start a family. It's not quite begun and they've been kind of thrown to the other end of the universe. And so, it kind of gives, you know, a higher impetus to their, to their you know, search for each other. Um, I mean, Vinda doesn't know that he's uh, trying to find... A baby as well as uh, his other half, um, but that's dramatic irony for us to know and him not to. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just you know. I mean, look, I could be wrong. Uh, the, the baby could turn out to be someone wildly important, um, but I think it's it's just going to be you know, it's just going to be a baby for the sake of having a baby. Also, so they could have the baby tech uh, and strap it into all those things because um, <laughs> the little Tamagotchi thing seemed to be quite weirdly important, like a bizarre baby monitoring sonic screwdriver. Um, Carl has uh, some thoughts on the Binder situation, Belle and Vinder and the baby. Um, says, we've had glimpses that Vinder, Belle and Carvanista were companions of the Joe Martin Doctor or working for Division. And if we didn't see it, that's my wishful thinking for a great team. It is a great team. I'm still confused about who was in that team on Atropos. Um, Expanding on the theory, Carl says, that the baby turns out to be Susan. At a cataclysmic end of their secret mission to shut down Division, Vinder and Bell are both dead after entrusting their newborn, infused with Artron energy from travelling in the TARDIS, to the Doctor just before she regenerates after betraying Division loyalist Carvanista. But the theory falls down, pun intended, because neither Bell nor Vinder have shown the slightest weakness in their ankles or tripped over anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, Peter's theory about Susan's breadstick ankle. <laughs> She's really quite clumsy. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Yes, that is, that is a fun theory. Oh, that would have been full on. Um, other Adam uh, has dropped into my DMs to say, oh, I love what you said about the entertainment industry and anticipation and opening box office. Well, thank you, Adam. Uh, and yes to the cinematic parallels. I kept feeling like this was Doctor Who Endgame. Oh, like the Avengers Endgame, yeah. But this is a great example of how the show has always adapted to contemporary TV trends. Teleplays in the 60s, ITV action shows in the Pertwee era, Buffy in the noughts. Now it's the mode of superhero TV that it's working with. So, did I love this series? Question mark. A bit. Was it better than an equivalent series of The Flash? Yes, it was. So, job done. (laughs) And now I just have to make peace with the fact that I am old and don't want things to change, just like an old. (laughs) It is part of the problem with loving Doctor Who is that Doctor Who keeps changing. Um, And change is difficult and people hate change and and want things to be the same as they were. Um, Because I know there's been, there have been some complaints here, there and everywhere about the chocolate-loving Sontarans. Um, Kate sent a message going, chocolate, exclamation mark, face with tears of joy, love this season. <laughs> so she clearly was into it. Um, but, you know, I've seen a couple of things around people going, oh, it's just ruined the show, it's just too stupid, it's silly. Um, 
Can I remind everyone, you know, everyone's talking about Russell T. Davis coming back and how it's going to fix everything that's been ruined. Russell T. Davis had farting aliens in his first series. <laughs> like, like loud farting aliens. Um, and a burping rubbish bin that ate Mickey. Like, it was, it was hectically silly. So, don't think that things are going to somehow be everything that you dreamed it would be when he comes back. I'm worried that people have kind of lionized the work of Russell T. Davis in their memory, like the, the nostalgia of what is nearly 20 years ago, um, will kind of, so, yeah, it's, it's going to make you think that it's going to be one thing. And knowing Russell T. Davis, who never does what's expected, like that's the hallmark of good writing, um, it's probably going to upset and surprise a lot of people because it won't be comfortable nostalgia. Um Anyway, uh, some more people who, uh, like myself, have watched it more than once and have some thoughts and theories. Uh, Alyssa says, you definitely pick up and appreciate more in the second viewing. Um, the Dr. Yasmin, uh, is the ship name really Thasman? <laughs> okay. I think it's Thasman because it's 13 and Yasmin as opposed to the Doctor and Yasmin. I mean... Hilarious. Um, uh, but the the Dr. Yasmin hug is just everything. Poor Jericho. Poor Carvanista. I hope we get some more stories with him, Belle, Vinda, and Baby having adventures. Claire, Kate, all the characters were great. There were probably just too many. Yeah, it did suffer from the... There's too many things happening. Um, thinking about what Adam said about the weight of expectations and agree. We've really been trained as audiences to expect the twist or great revelation. We spend time looking for clues and symbols that we forget sometimes the blue curtain is just a blue curtain. Yeah, I know. Having a podcast like this probably does feed into the craziness of what does this mean? What does that mean? Does that mean anything? Uh, and the things that mean something are things we didn't even notice or think about. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the blue curtain is sometimes just a blue curtain. Oh, by the way, if you head to the uh, Adam Richard Has a Theory Facebook group, uh, Alyssa has linked to an article about a blue curtain just being a blue curtain, which is wonderful. Um, it's just about reading too much into literary, uh, you know, theory and analysis and stuff. So, you know, sometimes I love that stuff. And then other times I'm just like, yeah, I just want to read this thing because it's fun. Um but uh, Alyssa says, there's nothing wrong with blue curtains. The Ravagers were a little bland in the end, although they wish to replay the end of the universe over and over made me wonder if they were going to set up a restaurant. <laughs> but maybe their restaurant at the end of the universe was already done. Ah, laughing face. Douglas Adams, of course. Um, uh, I will be watching Flux again uh, and again because it's such a great, exciting ride. Um, James also has seen it more than once and says, uh, first viewing response, that was a lot. <laughs> Second viewing response, amazing. Of course, it shouldn't take two viewings to get clear about what's going on. But with the second viewing, I found that it was all pretty clear, if rushed. Biggest dangling thread, just how much of the universe is cactus? <laughs> um, things I don't buy, that Tecteon is dead, that the Lupari were wiped out with us having had a without us having had a chance to meet them properly. I don't think they could afford to make more than one dog mask, to be honest. Um, things I don't understand. The logic behind the Thompson twins' plan to extinguish space to feed time and just who they were. 
things that were unnecessary. The whole serpent unit, Kate Stewart thread. Removing that would have provided more room for everything else. The serpent could still have been there in Vinda's backstory. I had wondered if Vinda and Belle were needed. But it was through them that we saw the scale of the devastation. Plus, they were lovely. Oh, and also, I kind of loved seeing Kate. And I liked the serpent. Because, you know, the Sontarans are just kind of smashy, aroundy, you know, angry things. Whereas the serpent is kind of malevolent in that in the way that good Doctor Who villains are. Um... James goes on, things that were marvellous. Three thirteens. Thasman being pretty much text now. Williamson's redemption. Di being super smart, but we should have seen some of her earlier. <laughs> Professor Eustatius Jericho. Claire and the TARDIS making me realise just how cool 60s fashions are in the console room. Oh, yeah, I'm loving this. I'm watching uh, Evil of the Daleks next. Um, me being right about the memory palace. Yes, you were, correct. Uh, Azure's fantastic scene with the Doctor, the Sontaran's plan and having it blow up in their face. Um, best dialogue, Sontaran, your service to Sonta will end in success or death. And Jericho says in the reward for service. And then the Sontaran, also me, my wife, and probably everyone else watching death. <laughs> oh, thanks, James. More of your thoughts and theories in the next episode. Please keep them coming. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.